now. Uh, uh, even though we, are, we don't have praise and worship tonight, I'm certainly glad to be able to come into his presence uh, here tonight with you all. You know, the Bible says that where two or three are gathered, uh, he's there. Amen. And so we know that he's here. Praise God. Um, let's be in prayer for those that are, uh, are battling with sickness and with infirmity. Got lots of people. Listen, here's the thing. Of course, I, I hadn't turned on the news like I, I think maybe I told you all already this. I hadn't turned on the news since last year, and I only watched the news um, for a few minutes uh, the other night or the other day um, to see what the roads were like. And man, I couldn't believe they're still on the same stuff and just pumping it up again. And and or they've always been pumping it up, and I just didn't know about it. I mean, for me, it's been a non-issue. But uh, I don't know why people are shocked that people are getting sick at that time of the year. So you know. People have always uh, uh, struggled with sickness uh, during this time of the year uh, that's nothing new. So let's pray and let's uh, ask the Lord to be with us here today. And while we're praying, let's remember those that are battling with uh, sickness and infirmity uh, that didn't get to come here tonight. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be able to come today into your presence. And Lord, we're, uh, we're forever grateful uh, for all that you have done for us, for all that you are uh, doing and for all that you're going to do. And Lord, we're, we are, uh, <laughs> we're grateful that you have given us your word. That we don't have to go through life blind, not knowing what you said, not knowing what to do, not knowing where to go, not knowing how to act. But Lord, we know, uh, we know what your word says. And because we know what your word says, it, then, then at least in part, we know what your will is. And so, Father, we pray that your kingdom will come, your will will be done here in this place tonight, and that uh, your name will be exalted and glorified in us uh, because of the effect that your word has upon us. Your word declares, uh, don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so today, Lord, we're going to allow our minds to be renewed by your word, and we're going to be transformed, Lord, by your spirit today. We're determined that we're going to receive all that you have for us today. And so, uh, pour your spirit out upon us. Uh, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Do what you desire to do in this house and in our lives. We give you the freedom and the liberty uh, to pour out in this house and to pour out in this place and to show us the glory of God. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for it. Everybody that believed it said amen. amen. Praise God. I pray that you've had a, a, a great week so far. Uh, let's, let's just kind of, and I'm not going to do a lot of review uh, but let's just establish the things that we've already talked about. We're talking about the, uh, the ministry and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So uh, we know that uh, uh, we, we started this whole thing out by talking about the different workings of the Spirit. Now, I, I was going to move on from that a little bit. And I am going to move on from that a little bit. But I was, <clears throat> I was in my office for this afternoon. And um, I got my, I, at home I keep my books in the closet. And I have, I don't get to look, you know, I don't have to stare at them. And, and today I was just going through my books and rearranging them and getting them in, in really not any kind of order, not any order as far as alphabetically or anything, just uh, getting them in order um, uh, as far as uh, size, you know, so that they'll look halfway decent on a shelf. Uh, but I, I happened upon a workbook that Brother Hagen had done on 
the uh, gifts of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit. And so I, I, I opened up the first part of that workbook, and I was like, oh, man. I was just like, I should have I got the workbook out to begin with because it would have kept me on course, you know? But uh, beautiful, man. So I'm going to read you some things from that today and kind of to just bring together everything that we've already talked about. So we've talked about the, the two workings of the Spirit in the life of the believer, uh, the inner working of the Spirit, which comes when we are born again and God's Spirit comes to live on the inside of us, and then the Holy Spirit upon us in Holy Ghost baptism. So... Uh, same spirit. It's not a different spirit. Same Holy Ghost. The, the one thing that I, that I really think I neglected in, in all this teaching so far, and I, and I took it for granted, is that the Holy Spirit is not a ghost, even though we call him the Holy Ghost. People get this idea that, that the Spirit of God is just some, um, hey, Bacchus, it's so good to see you guys. Hey, good to see you, man. I'm so glad you guys are here today. But um, he's not just some floaty, you know, a kind of, he's, uh, he is a he, and the, and the Bible teaches us that. In fact, John chapter 14, scriptures we looked at in John chapter 14, Jesus said, um, I, I'm going to pray the Father, he's going to give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not that you know him, but you know him for he dwelleth with you and he shall be in you. So the Holy Spirit is a, uh, many people call him the third person of the Trinity. Amen. And so we do believe in the Trinity around here. We believe in Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We, uh, <laughs> we, we think scripture bears that out. In fact, that one scripture all by itself will advocate that whole, uh, that whole line of thinking of, of, uh, there being a trinity but he is a uh, he is a person he is a person of the godhead do you know that the trinity was introduced in the very first verse of scripture in the very first verse of the bible when you read it in the original text it says in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth the word for god there's elohim and the word elohim for god is actually plural and it, it and it doesn't mean that there are many gods what it's referring to is the trinity Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Of course, Scripture bears that out because the Bible says that Jesus was there in the beginning. The Bible says that the Spirit of God moved over the face of the deep. So all of these things, uh, uh, we, we can bear all these things out through the entire uh, Bible. Amen. So let's. Uh, so we, we established the Spirit works in us in salvation. And so uh, let's, let's do a little question and answer thing. So... Um, so when the Spirit of God is working in us, we talk about salvation. You remember what we said He was working with, uh, in, within us for? Why is, what, is it, what is it that He works toward in us? Holiness. So God's Spirit in us leads us to holiness. Um, we walk in uh, the fruit of the Spirit as a result of the inner working of God's Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is what is manifested uh, in, in our lives as a result of the indwelling Spirit. Now the Spirit upon. Jesus said something about the Spirit upon. He said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So do you know what we receive in Holy Ghost baptism? Power and, and uh, gifts of the Spirit all are what manifest as a result of baptism of the Holy Spirit. Power, a power to be witnesses. Amen. Now I, there is another working of, the, of, of God in our lives as far as giftings is concerned. And we didn't really talk about that um, you know, there are the gifts of the Spirit. There are ministry gifts, which we're going to talk about. Um, those are gifts that are definitely given to us by the Spirit of God. 
uh, ministry gifts are apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Um, but there are what they call gifts of the Father in Romans chapter 12. And those gifts are gifts that we receive uh, when we're born, actually. Uh, God will give us talents and gifts when we're born. And uh, as we grow and then we become filled with the Spirit. If you guys want to, I mean, if you want to look at that real quick, we can. It's not really going to be a part necessarily of, of what we're doing. Go to Romans chapter 12. We'll look at it briefly. Again, I'm still kind of functioning without a, uh, a, a clear guideline. <laughs> but uh, I do have that that I'm going to read to you tonight. Uh, Brother Hagen uh, said that I think is super good. So Romans chapter 12. Uh, <clears throat> Emery's getting excited. He's like, I think I'm in that Romans chapter 12 somewhere. Uh, <clears throat> does someone, do you, need, did, do you need a Bible? Anybody need a Bible? I've, I've got, I've, uh, Tyler, grab one of those giant Bibles out of my office. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to put up with it. It's a huge thing, but grab the, grab the key, the, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, Bakes. It's the bottom one. I'll let you, uh, the reason I'm going to give you the dates is because the pages are still stuck together because I've not used it. <laughs> you, can, you can get them unstuck for me. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, 1131. It's a lot of good that lock's going to do now. <laughs> Anna's made it. Anna's made a note. Can we get your social security number, Pastor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you don't remember, um, Jess is going to make it available on the app for download. <laughs> All right, so uh, Romans chapter 12, verse, let's just read from verse 1. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Uh, do not be confirmed. This is a big one, uh, Anna. Do not, uh, thank you, Tyler. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, uh, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, uh, this is where the gifts uh, of the Father, what, what people refer to as the gifts of the Father begin. For by, by the grace given to me, I say to every one among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to, th but to, to think with a sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So uh, in the King James, it says God has dealt to everyone the measure of faith. And so God's already, here's what you have to understand. God's already de de deposited in you the faith necessary for you to function in your purpose. God's given you all that you need to fulfill his purpose in your life. Now, the devil's going to try to persuade you otherwise. But it doesn't matter. How many of you know it doesn't matter what the devil says? How many of you know it doesn't matter what your flesh tells you? Because your mind will tell you all kind of craziness. Hello. Has your mind ever told you to do something nuts and you went and did it and you thought, what in the world am I doing? I mean, you just come to this realization like, that was really stupid. Um, you don't have to listen to your mind. You don't have to listen to stupid. Um, especially, you know, if you, were, if you ever uh, were a substance abuser. Definitely, you know what I'm talking about. 
Um, so God, God has given every one of us the faith necessary to fulfill his purpose to, uh, for us to be able to, in this life, finish our course. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> for, as in one, as, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of, of one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And to, so here are the gifts of the Father. If prophecy in the portion of our faith, in the proportion of our faith, if service in our serving. So uh, prophecy, and when, when, we, when we're talking about prophecy in this verse of Scripture, you have to understand that it's not the gift of prophecy that we're going to talk about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it's not the kind of prophecy that prophets do. Uh, prophecy being exhortation or deliverers or speakers of the word of God. Uh, but prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving. Uh, in, a, in other words, serving or servitude is a, is a gift. Uh, some of you are gifted. In fact, we've got a lot of people in Winter's Church that have a very strong uh, servitude gift. Um, the, the one who teaches in his teaching, uh, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes or who gives uh, in generosity. So giving is a, is a gift of the Father. And the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So those are uh, the gifts of the Father. So we've got the gifts of the Father, the gifts of the, uh, the, that the Son gave, which is the ministry gifts, and the gifts of the Spirit, which are uh, the nine uh, ministry gifts. <clears throat> yeah, gifts of the Spirit. So, uh, gifts of the Father, Romans chapter 12, uh, gifts of the Son, Ephesians chapter 4, and gifts of the Spirit, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because the ministry gifts, the Bible says when uh, Jesus led captivity captive, he gave gifts to men. And he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. <clears throat> yes? Everyone has a, everyone was born with some gift. One of those gifts is working strong in your life. We used to do a, a thing where we talked about those gifts, and then we took a test uh, to see which way we leaned and what gift was the most pronounced in our life, because you can really tell. Uh, I, you know, we really don't have to give, do a test it, it just one day when we're when we're uh, not in a meeting like this, just come and ask me, and I'll tell you. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not it's not rocket science. It's pretty simple. <laughs> I, and I and you 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 pretty much know. You look into those there, and there's some that you hope to be, but then there are ones that you you're, there's ones that you look at and you're like, yeah, that's me. <clears throat> Any other questions? All right, so um, I want to talk to you about the, uh, denominational differences, and, and I, want, I want to uh, read this to you from Brother Hagin's book. He, uh, he says this, he says, the fact that we have different denominations, it doesn't matter. So let me tell you something, the Holy Spirit and the baptism in the Holy Spirit is for everyone, and we all need, we all need the baptism in the Holy Ghost. We, okay. we all need it. Um, so let me, let me read to you a little bit. We should... Uh, we, we should share this wonderful experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit with everyone who is hungry for God. For example, if someone uh, fell overboard and I had a lifesaver, 
I wouldn't ask him what church he belonged to before I threw him the lifesaver. Uh, and if he didn't belong to my church, I wouldn't refuse to throw him the lifesaver because he wasn't a member of my church. Uh, if people are drowning, uh, they need help. If people are lost, they need salvation. And if Christians are hungry for a deeper walk with God, which we know in our generation, people are hungry for a deeper walk with God. If people are hungry for a, a, a deeper walk with God, they don't have to become a member of any particular church before they can be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift, uh, the gift that God gave to us. We should just uh, get believers who are hungry for more of God filled with the Spirit. And, and thank God we're, we're doing that. Amen. Uh, of course, we should always encourage believers who are not members of a local body to join a good church and become faithful members so that they can uh, grow in their Christian walk. But joining a church is not a prerequisite for receiving of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. In just four services of a local chapter of a full gospel group, I once saw 143 people filled with the Holy Ghost. That's real revival, just in, in and of itself. That's what Brother Hagin is saying. Um, and some folks think God is not on the move. Um, thank, thank God he is on the move. Uh, it's not what you think the Bible says that counts. It's not what someone told you the Bible says. It's what you know for yourself about God's word that counts. And God will confirm his word with signs following. Amen. Which is why we've got to put our faith in the word of God, not on our previous experiences. Um, thank God for experiences, but we need to have more faith in the word of God than what we have in previous experiences because our previous experience many times has been the waters have been muddied in our previous experience by unbelief and by an atmosphere of unbelief uh, we're living in a in a time when when um, uh, it's it gets tough sometimes to wade through all of uh, the religion and the unbelief that exists and and uh, what we receive and don't receive from the Lord can be affected by the environment that we're exposed to. It will affect our faith if we, if we allow it to. And most of us, we have had our faith affected. Some of us because we've, you know, have you ever heard uh, people in the world, people in, the, in general, they'll say this, you are what you eat. You ever heard that? I mean, you can look at me, you can tell I eat donuts. You understand? Uh, it's, not only is it true in the natural, but it's true spiritually too. You are, you become whatever you expose yourself to. And if, you, and if you allow fear, doubt, uh, words of unbelief, if you fill your mind, your eyes, your ears, and your mouth with those things, then that's what's going to be produced in your life. But if you'll fill your, your mind, your eyes, your ears, your mouth with the Word of God, well, then faith's going to be produced. Amen. And you're going to live above the uh, reach of the attack of Satan, the attack of the enemy. You know, the Bible tells us clear, the thief cometh not before to steal, kill, and destroy. And so we, as God's people, have to be faithful to the Lord. We have to be faithful to God. We have to trust the Lord. And we have to believe His Word and exercise faith in His Word. We have to spend time in the Word of God and in prayer if we have any hope of overcoming the world. Amen. All right, so the Holy Spirit is God's promise to you. Uh, Acts chapter 1 verses uh, 5 and verses 8. Look what it says. For truly, for John, verse 5, uh, Acts 1, 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Um, 
And then verse 8 says this, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and under the uttermost part uh, of the earth. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verses 32 and 33. This Jesus, this Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God, exalted and having, re having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost. He hath shed forth this, which you now see and hear. Amen. So the Holy Spirit, is God, that's God's promise to us, was to receive the Spirit. Notice that in Acts 1, 5, and then uh, in, in uh, verse 8, Jesus spoke of the promise of the Holy Ghost to the church, the body of Christ. He said, uh, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And then, uh, uh, and then in Acts chapter 2, we see the fulfillment of that promise. Yes, sir. <laughs> it will be in a second. <laughs> hello? Yeah. hello? Hello? Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, is the Holy Spirit coming upon us, but it's described in chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, as the cloven tongues rested upon them, but they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. And, and, and we, just in, in common vernacular, we talk about people being filled with the Holy Spirit when they receive uh, speaking in tongues as evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So uh, the Holy Spirit all is already within us uh, through uh, regeneration and, and, and salvation, but uh, then when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, he comes upon us and we are filled. So are, 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 we, are we less than full when we, when we are saved? Is that is what the difference is? I, I think that that's what scriptures. I think what scripture is trying to imply is that you only have a portion of what God intends for you to have. And so when it talks about being filled with the Spirit, of course, you know, uh, Ted, throw me your bottle of water here, right quick. And I, 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 I do this often. Um, you know, there's water in the bottle. And if you were to take and to, uh, where's your where's your water, Ted? <clears throat> there's another bottle of water there. I bring it up here real quick. I mean, Ted, he's like, Ted. I'm not doing quickly. anything. I'm not doing anything quick nowadays. <laughs> Take the lid off this, Ted, and stay here just for a second. So, yeah, I know. This one, you, you've been drinking out of it. Yeah, I'm not going to Don't worry. I'm not going to get poisoned. I've hung out with you for years. I, <laughs> I, I understand. <clears throat> so... Uh, let's say that, uh, you know, this is a believer and they, are, they have the Spirit of God in them. And so there's water in this bottle, right? And you can tell there's no water on it because there's nothing on it. But when, let's say that the Spirit, because like the Bible talks about the Spirit being like water. So when the Spirit of God, uh, when we are, say we have, we have that portion of the Spirit in us. And when the Holy Spirit is in us and he's already in us, then what happens is we get filled and then he comes upon us. And so we're baptized in the spirit. Amen. So I think, what the, I think what the scripture is really trying to imply 
when it says they were filled with the Holy Ghost is that um, you have the Holy Spirit in you, and it's not that you have any less of a measure. What we have to be careful of, because in the charismatic movement, when, um, when how many of you have heard about the charismatic movement you know, in church history? Some of, some of you have. There, was, uh, there have been def- several moves of the Spirit that have happened within the church over the years. And during what we call the charismatic movement, the Spirit of God began to work in a way where uh, people that were a part of, of uh, mainline, non-Pentecostal, denominational churches began to receive the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. At one time in this country, if you wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and Brother Hagin talks about it in his life, you had to go to a Pentecostal church because that's where people were baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. But during the charismatic movement, the Spirit of God began to baptize Catholics and and the Spirit of God began to come upon uh, Methodists and Nazarenes and Episcopalians and different ones began to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. What happened during that time, and this is unfortunate, but what happened during that time is you know, we don't like to think that we are ever wrong. I don't know about y'all, but I don't ever like to think I'm wrong. Um, unfortunately, I've been wrong once or twice. And <clears throat> no more than that in my whole life. <laughs> but, you know, when you're not, y'all understand what I'm saying? Nobody ever wants to say we're wrong. And so when these denominational people started getting filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and we're, we're using that term to say they went beyond just having Jesus in their hearts, and the, and the Holy Spirit came upon them with Holy Ghost baptism. Not only was the Spirit working in, in them just inwardly, but He came upon them. What many of them said was this, and it's important that you hear this because you, this is something that every one of you are going to come, you have to be aware of this because when you're talking with people, God is giving us a mandate as a church, and I'm going to tell you this right now, God is giving us a mandate to lead people into that place of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. We're not, we're not about to have a Pentecostal revival, but there is about to be a revival of Pentecost. There is about to be a revival of Pentecost where people are led into Holy Ghost baptism. Because in order for us to receive the fullness of what God has for us, we're going to have to be Holy Ghost baptized. And people have to understand and be able to differentiate between what because Don Don brought up a good point because many people are like well I am filled with the Spirit you know I, God's Spirit lives in me I got born again I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost Amen and technically you know if you want if you want to talk about it, that's true they have God's Spirit in them and God's Spirit lives within them but um, uh, and this is why a lot of people have trouble embracing uh, Holy Ghost baptism with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. <clears throat> is that during the charismatic movement, many of these uh, non-Pentecostal denominational people got filled with the Spirit, but instead of saying, you know what, we missed the boat, we were wrong. You all were right all the time, and what you were doing was right all the time, and there is a separate experience. What they began to say is this, well, I just had a measure, and I still had the Holy Ghost, but I didn't have the Holy Ghost in the measure of, you know, I was baptized in the Spirit, and here's how, and I'm telling you, uh, for, this, is, this is how many people explain it. Like, there are different measures of the Spirit, and some people have this measure, and some people have this measure, and some people have this measure, 
And some people have that overflowing measure where they have gifts of the Spirit and manifestations of the Spirit and tongues. Well, you know, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, but I was filled with the Spirit. But they, but they don't see any dif uh, difference between uh, God's Spirit in them and God's Spirit upon them in Holy Ghost baptism. When you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, no, I don't care what measure you've carried around from that moment in time. If, if, you, could, if you could measure the Spirit like that, which I don't really think you can, but if you, uh, you can yield yourself to the Spirit in different measures. But for some, I think they're like, um, in fact, I was talking to Brother Jake about this one day because he attends a church that came out of, I think, a Baptist background, and they're now a vineyard church, and that's the way they tried to explain it to their people. How much, if you're, if you're thirsty, if you've gone through a desert and you're thirsty, how much water does it take to satisfy you? Well, you know what? It depends on how long you've been without water. But if you've been without water for a long time and you haven't drank water, a drop is satisfying. And you know what they say? They say, and that's satisfying for some people when it comes to the Spirit. Uh, here's the thing. No. Because that, not, 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 because I'm, not because I oppose it because of my experience. I oppose that because of what Scripture teaches. Scri scripture doesn't say a little dabble, do you? That's a Brill Cream commercial. <clears throat> The, the, Bible said, the Bible commands us in, in every place to be filled with the Spirit. In other words, you know, not, not just to, to have the Holy Spirit in us, but to be filled to overflowing with the Holy Ghost, to have God's Spirit coming upon us as well as within us. And so um, there, it's, it's strange because you can see a distinction between what Don is saying. Only in the New Testament church is being filled with the Spirit. In the New Testament is being filled with the Spirit something that you hear. When you look in the New Testament, it's always the Spirit of God came upon, and God's Spirit came on this one, and God's Spirit came on uh, David, and God's Spirit came on Elijah, and God's Spirit came on, because that's the only way they experienced the Spirit of God, was God's Spirit coming upon them. God's Spirit didn't live within them. They were not born again. They were not the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so God's Spirit would sometimes come upon, well, all the time, would come upon prophets to lead people with the Word of God. And all the time, the Spirit of God would come upon kings to lead people in kingdom. And God's Spirit would always come upon priests to do their priestly duties. And sometimes God's Spirit would come upon others to, to do whatever task God wanted them to do. You know, uh, in the Old Testament, God anointed heathen kings to get His work done. And anointed people that weren't even believers to, to do His work. And uh, God's still doing that today, in a measure. But... Um, but they didn't have what we have in salvation. So uh, being filled with the Spirit is definitely a New, a new Testament uh, thing. The first time we hear about it is when uh, Jesus was, you know, when, Jesus when Mary conceived of Jesus and then uh, she uh, saluted Elizabeth and she said, um, I was filled with the Spirit at your, you know, at your uh, uh, salutation. The, the baby on the inside of me was filled with the Spirit and leapt for... Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. But anyway, it's Carolyn. So for the mandate, for the mandate that um, God has called us as leaders, um, so is it a, appropriate that we begin to um, think, I mean, to believe and expect that, that every time we minister the gospel, yes, that not only would it come upon, but they will be filled with the Spirit. Yeah. And I'm thinking about outreach. 
like here you go and yes. you're 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 ensuring the gospel I do I and think they get saved. I think you should expect people to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. In fact, I think we'd be more successful at getting some of those people plugged in to the church okay. if we could get them filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, that, that was, in, for when I ministered to people, salvation, when I led people to Christ, I immediately said, now there's something else. You know, Jesus said, and, and, I'd, and I'd make sure that they understood that there was something they could receive called the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that it was a promise of God the Father to us, and that it was power to uh, be witnesses. And so... Um, I won't say that 100% of the people that I ministered to received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to tell you more than half of them did. And those that did were set ablaze big time and were the ones that really stuck, uh, seemed to stick uh, in church and, uh, and continue on in their relationship uh, with the Lord. Amen. So, uh, Again, let me, let me read some of this. Brother A says, notice in Acts 1, 5 and, and 8, Jesus spoke of the promise of the Holy Ghost to the church and the body of Christ. He said, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And in Acts chapter 2, we see the fulfillment of that promise. He, uh, being Jesus, <clears throat> uh, has shed forth this which you now see and hear. Amen. And so uh, I, lo I love that verse of Scripture, verse 33. That which, you, th that which you see, say this with me, say, see and hear. So not only was it what they were seeing that, that uh, was the promise that God gave, but also what they were hearing. Well, what were they hearing? They were hearing people speak in an unknown tongue. Amen. And so Jesus, Jesus was behind what was going on there. It was the promise that God had sent. Um, then in Acts 2, 38 and 39, Peter told the people that the promise of the Holy Spirit was given uh, to as many as believe. Amen. So uh, let's look at that. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of, the, uh, of, of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. In other words, those who are born again. Amen. Isn't that good? See, that's, that's, that's why it's important for us to know these, uh, th this, uh, these verses of Scripture. Because there are going to be people that say, well, I don't think that's for me. And then we can pull out Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39 and say, wait a minute, it says right here, for this promise is unto you and to your children and to all those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's for anyone who's saved. If you're born again, you ought to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, the initial evidence is uh, speaking in other tongues. So, amen. Isn't that good? The Holy Spirit's a person. Uh, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as a person in John 14, verse 16. And we, we already talked about that. Some people say it like this. I received the baptism, but they didn't receive the, but they didn't receive the, uh, but they didn't receive uh, the baptism. They received the Holy Spirit. Sometimes folks say, I'm filled with the baptism, but they're not filled with the baptism. They're not even filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
That's, that's just not a scriptural statement. I know they're filled with the Holy Spirit himself, the third person of the Godhead. Uh, receiving the Holy Ghost is more than just an experience. When you receive the Holy Ghost, a divine personality, he who comes to live in you, to dwell in you, uh, to make his home in you, you have an encounter with him. This is not, this is not uh, a, a ghost. It's a person. So receiving the Holy Spirit is just the beginning. Also, we must not be so concerned uh, with the uh, outward initial experiences that we miss the reality of the indwelling presence of the Holy Ghost. If we've been filled with the Holy Ghost, we should be conscious of His indwelling presence, which we have talked about uh, at every waking moment. We shouldn't have uh, to look uh, back uh, to some experience that we had in an altar years ago as our only uh, contact with this divine person, the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit should become more real to us every single day. I received the infilling of the Holy Ghost more than 50 years ago. This is Brother Hagin talking. Uh, when I, was, when I uh, first received the Holy Spirit, I spoke in tongues for an hour and a half, and I sang three songs in tongues. But that experience was the least part of this 55 years of being filled with the Holy Spirit because that initial experience was just the beginning. Uh, but to hear some people talk, the initial experience of receiving the Holy Spirit was the greatest thing that ever happened in their lives. Amen. That kind of hurts, don't it? Of course, in one sense, that may be true because that was the beginning. But some people haven't experienced anything since then. However, if the Holy Ghost is living in you, you can have uh, scripture, uh, scriptural experiences with God and His Word every day. Um, you don't have to just... Uh, have one experience and that's the end of it no when you receive the baptism in the holy spirit a divine personality the holy spirit comes upon you every day you can experience uh, god in that way and his spirit is in you because you're born again uh, the infilling of the spirit is not for sinners uh, it's for the believer uh, referring to the infilling of the holy spirit jesus said even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive the world cannot receive the promise of the Spirit, the Spirit of truth. Uh, the world can receive eternal life. However, uh, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ is God's gift to the world. Uh, the world can receive Christ as Savior. A sinner can be born again, uh, but a person has to be born again before he can receive uh, the baptism in the Holy Ghost. So uh, extreme teachings that are in the church. He's, he's going to kind of discuss a little bit here. There are some extreme teachings in the church today. Uh, when I speak of the church, I'm not speaking of any particular group or denomination. I'm speaking of the church world as a whole. Uh, I began my ministry as a denominational preacher, and I know that uh, what that particular denomination teaches, and I've been among full gospel people for a great number of years now, and I know that they teach uh, and I know what they teach. I have found that we have, we have extreme teaching that's unscriptural, uh, even among Pentecostals. Um, so, and this is one of those teachings. Does one experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit in the new birth? Uh, the denominational church that I belong to taught me that if you are born again, then you have um, the Holy Ghost. And you have all the Holy Ghost there is to have. Uh, they are partly right, but mostly wrong in that assertion. Uh, they are right in that you, if you're born again, you do have the
the Holy Ghost because there is a work of the Holy Spirit in the new birth. John chapter 3, verse 5 through 8, you can look that up. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 16, um, familiar passages of Scripture, I think, for most people. Um, uh, we can go there and read them if you'd like. They, they, we, we'll, we'll read them in a minute because he's going uh, to make us refer to them anyhow. Are, are you all still with me? Just st stick with me for a little while longer. I'm going to read to you a little bit more because I think this is important. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit who imparts eternal life uh, to the uh, unregenerated spirit of the sinner, uh, Titus 3, 5 through 7. It is the Holy Spirit who recreates the sinner's spirit and makes him a new creature in Christ Jesus, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, uh, for reference. Uh, it is the Holy Spirit who bears witness with our spirit of the born-again born one that he is a child of God, Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Uh, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're his children. But this is not the same as the infilling of the Holy Spirit or the baptism in the Holy Spirit referred to in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, or the endowment of power from on high, like Luke talks about, even though the Holy Spirit is present in the life of the born-again believer. Jesus illustrated the work of the Spirit in salvation for us very beautifully in the Gospel of John. In chapter 4, uh, Jesus was talking to the woman of Samaria at the well about salvation. So uh, let's go there. John chapter 4, verses uh, starting with verse 13. John chapter 4, starting with verse 13. Praise the Lord. Am I, am I reading too fast for y'all? All right, look what it says. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him. Look what it says. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen. Here we see that Jesus was speaking of the well of water or the work of the Holy Spirit in salvation. Jesus referred to salvation as the well of water. In the, um, so the baptism in the Holy Spirit is rivers of living water. So look what it says here. In the following verses, Jesus was talking about the rivers of living water which characterize the work of the Holy Spirit in the infilling or the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, John chapter 7. Starting with verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, If any man thirst, let him come uh, to, unto me and drink. Verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So the water in both John chapter 4 and John chapter 7 is a type of the Holy Spirit. But notice that the two... <clears throat> uh, notice that, the, uh, that two different experiences are mentioned. Salvation... And then a Holy Ghost baptism or the infilling or what we call being filled with the Spirit. First to the woman at the well of Samaria, Jesus said, The water that I shall give 
uh, him shall be shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life this is referring to the work of the holy spirit in salvation I, we uh, we went through that with uh, my demonstration here my illustration uh, in john 7 37 verse uh, verse 37 through 39 the reference is to rivers of living water jesus said out of his belly or innermost being shall flow rivers of living water this is referring to the experience of uh, the uh, Holy Ghost baptism, because now he's not just in you, but he's coming out of you and upon you. Amen. So the same spirit in the new birth is the same spirit that we encounter in Holy Ghost baptism. Amen. Uh, speaking in tongues is not evidence of the new birth, but it's evidence of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. In fact, it's the initial evidence of being uh, baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Um, I'm skipping over some of this. New wine is a type of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Mark chapter 2, uh, verse 21. Any questions? All right. 2.21 of the book of Mark. No man also soweth a piece of new cloth on an old garment, else the new piece that uh, filled it up taketh away from the old, and is rent and made worse, and no, and no man putteth new wine into, into old bottles, else the new wine doth burst uh, the bottles, and the wine is spilled, and the bottles will be, will be marred. But new wine must be put into new bottles. Jesus said that no a man puts new wine in old bottles. Back then, people used animal skins as bottles uh, to hold wine, and they supposedly uh, could use those skin bottles only once because if they let them lay longer than about a year, the skins would dry up and crack. Uh, then, if new wine was put in them, the, the skin bottles would burst. Uh, in the scriptures, wine is a type of the Holy Ghost. And God couldn't give the Holy Ghost in his fullness to a person unless he was made a new creature. Uh, thank God, through Jesus Christ, man can be made a new creature in him. Jesus said, if you put new wine in old wineskins, the wineskins will burst. If you put the Holy Ghost into folks who've not been born again, uh, they'll burst. <laughs> they would not be able to contain uh, him. A person must become a new creature before he can be filled uh, or uh, the Holy Spirit come upon them with new wine. Uh, the Holy Spirit, therefore, uh, the, or uh, verse, uh, chapter 2 of the book of 1 Corinthians, verse 5, 17 says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Uh, when you have been made a new creature, you're ready to be filled with new wine. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So uh, turn to someone, tell them, uh, it's so fine, it's so fine, it's God's new wine. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, oh, there's so much more here. But anyhow, so you, so you can see here that, um, that there's a difference between the self, and, there, and there's a lot of scriptures. So if you want me to, I'll take pictures of these pages and send them to you, and you can have them and kind of study them and look at some of the things that I would really like for you all to definitely have um, at your, you know, available to you so that when you're talking with people, because nowadays people, it, uh, most Christians I, I have found are not equipped to, to persuade people and talk to people about uh, the difference between salvation and God's Spirit in them and Holy Ghost baptism 
or being filled with the Spirit as God's Spirit overflowing out of them and coming upon them. And we don't make enough, we, we don't know enough of what Scripture says to make a good argument as to why people need to have uh, that uh, subsequent experience, uh, which is what we call Holy Ghost baptism. But it is vital. Now, some people said this, can you go to heaven without being baptized in the Holy Ghost? I reckon you can, but why would you? Why would you go through life with less than what God intended for you to have? Why, why would you limp along through life with only half of what God intended to get to you? Amen. It, does, it just doesn't make any sense. If God said he's going to give you power, I don't know about you. Someone told me they was going to give me a sucker, and I, I wasn't about to leave without it. You know, one time someone said, you can have a cookie, and I wasn't about to let them off the hook. If God said he was going to give us power, why in the world would we back up from it? You know, uh, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, uh, praise God. Um, so, let's, let's look at um, uh, the uh, gifts of the Spirit then and uh, what, what will come in, in your life as a result of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we started on this. We didn't get too far. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. How far did we get with this? We didn't get very far, did we? we I think we read the first verse. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be uninformed. This is in the English Standard Version. Uh, King James says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brother, I would not have you ignorant. Thank God, thank God for this verse of Scripture. You know, God doesn't want you stupid concerning the things of the Spirit. God doesn't want you ignorant concerning spiritual uh, matters. And so if, if the Bible is telling us, don't be ignorant of spiritual things, how many of you know we don't, if, he's, if the Bible is telling us not to be ignorant of the things of the Spirit, then we need to not be ignorant of the things of the Spirit. Amen. And here's the deal. God hadn't left us on our own and alone to have to navigate the waters of learning the ways of the Spirit. But there are people that God has raised up in the body that are more learned in spiritual. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to know everything uh, uh, concerning the things of the Spirit. I, I do know that, um, I do know that uh, I've run across people that know very little about these things. In fact, I, I started to listen to Lester Summerall earlier today. Uh, he had a series that had the same name as the series that I'm doing right now, uh, The Gifts and the Ministries of the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's online, it's on YouTube. He did a whole, I didn't know that until today. <laughs> I was looking at my bookshelf again, and I found a book by Lester Summerall said, The Gifts and the Ministries of the Holy Spirit. And I took it home, meaning to read it, and I left it at home uh, when I came to the church. And I thought, you know, maybe there's something in there that will, uh, some more insight that I could share with y'all. And, uh, and, and so I, I read um, the introduction and then I came to church, I left the book at home, and so I got on YouTube and I searched, and sure enough, there's like 75 videos of <laughs> Lester Summerall doing this teaching. I was like, man, I should have just got the videos, turned them on, and watched with y'all. <laughs> but but uh, Lester Summerall was uh, talking on the video that I saw today. 
he was talking about this verse of scripture and he says you know the things that we're uninformed about if you're not informed about something if you don't have an understanding of something you can never receive the fullness of 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 whatever in other words if you're for example joe's sitting back there behind a mixer board and joe has right now because it's a fairly new board to him uh, he's limited in probably his understanding of all that that mixer board can do but the more informed and the more learned he becomes about that mixer board then the more capability that he's going to release out of that board and the more benefit we're going to get out of it amen you know uh <clears throat> I, th I think you could probably you could probably apply that to any area of your life in the things that you know very little about you're less effective with those things than you are of the things that you really know or have become learned about you know when uh, f when Annie and I first got married I remember I uh, she wanted some uh, shrimp and some steak like we had at the uh, hibachi grill and for some reason my shrimp and steak didn't come out like the shrimp and steak at the hibachi grill uh, my shrimp was chewy and uh, was almost inedible we threw most of it away we stunk up the apartment not only ours but all the 16 units that were on uh, in our building and and um, um, the steak was tough it, it didn't taste good it had no flavor um, I didn't know you know I, I did I never cooked my, my mother uh, my stepmother cooked for us my dad cooked for us I never cooked how was I to know you were supposed to season steak how was I supposed to I didn't know that's what they were doing with that you know clanking that thing on the bottom of their uh, you know at the bocce grill I didn't know there was actually seed I thought it was a noisemaker you know uh, it wasn't great but you know nowadays I don't do too bad you understand uh, I've learned a thing or two amen and uh, the things that we become learned at uh, we're more effective at can you know if you'll if you'll take the time to become learned of the things of the spirit you'll be way more effective and you'll be able Ooh, imagine imagine the wisdom and the revelation uh, that God will bring of his spirit and the capability that will be released in you and through you to minister the Holy Ghost to others if you'll let God reveal his spirit in you and through you in the manner that we're talking you know I, I believe in the last days I believe in these last days these are the days where uh, people God's people and I've been I've been teaching and preaching it I was on TBN I was looking at a tape when I was the first my first appearance on TBN uh, someone had, uh, 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 Isaiah my my uh, son-in-law brought over a VCR if you can remember that and we, we hooked it up to the television and I had several uh, uh, VHS tapes one of which was my first appearance on TBN I shoved that VHS tape into that VCR and there I was skinny hair I was looking good anyway but you know you know what I, you know what I was talking about on that video I was talking about following the leading of the Spirit being filled with the Holy Ghost what we need the most is the Holy Ghost I my voice was different I talked in a higher pitch voice um, I had a little bit more of a, I think of a of a southern twang of you know Oklahoma twang I don't know why, I don't know why but it seemed like I had a little more of a drawl uh, it, it, during that time maybe because I'd start hanging out with Ted I don't know but <laughs> 
But, but I've, listen, I've always known that the last day move of God's Spirit and this revival that we're about to enter into in these last days, that it was going to be a move of God that was going to be, uh, that was going to be emphasized with the gifts and the anointings and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit being at the forefront. And, uh, but if we're going to do that, church, we've, we've got to allow God's Spirit to train us. You know, too many of us, we allow, what we do is we let our head train our spirit. And when you try to let your head train your spirit, you're not going to train your spirit too good. See, we got to let the anointing that's in us and the Spirit of God that's in us train our head. <laughs> we, we've got we've to lean heavily on the Holy Ghost and allow the anointing that's in us to teach us and to train us and to help us to become everything that God wants us to be, to become more informed and to become learned of the things of the Spirit. Verse 2, it says, you know that you were pagans, uh, you were led astray uh, to mute idols, however you were led. Uh, therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit uh, of God ever says Jesus is cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Say this with me, say, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Amen. In other words, there might be lots of gifts, but they, the source of those gifts is the same Holy Ghost. There are uh, variations of, uh, of, of service, or varieties of service, but the same Lord. I, I like the way King James says it. It says, there are diversities of, of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of uh, administrations, but it's the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. Amen. Uh, I'm going to go to that King James Version because I really like that. Uh, Brother Hagin one time said something. He said, uh, he said that the, there's actually, when you look at the, well, no, I'm not going to bring that up. Anyway, so... Um, Verse 7, look what it says. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So the manifestation is given to uh, every man. Now he's talking to the Corinthian church. So when he's telling them every man, he's meaning every man that's a part of the Corinthian church. Well, what made, uh, the, or the church at Corinth, what, made the, what makes us a part of the church anywhere? Uh, the indwelling Spirit, being born again. Uh, so for every born again believer, the manifestation of the Spirit is for every one of us. So look at someone, tell them the manifestation's for you. So God, it's, it's, so it's, God's, it's God's desire, it's God's expectation that every one of us have Holy Ghost manifestation. That every one of us manifests the Holy Ghost. You know what, there's, if, you're, if you're here and you're born again, there's no excuse for you not being filled with the Spirit or being baptized in the Holy Ghost. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and you're here today, then there's no reason why you shouldn't be manifesting the Holy Ghost in some measure. Amen. Listen, now I'm not, ta I'm not talking about, again, if, if uh, you're, you're, you're here, oh, amen. What, what the, what the, what's that first verse we read? Uh, now concerning the, th the things of the Spirit, brethren, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. 
We, we established this. The more you know or the more learned you become, the more, uh, the more impactful you'll be. The more you will utilize and, and be able to, um, like Joe, if he becomes more learned of that mixer board and its capabilities and he exploits the capabilities of that mixer board, he's, gonna, he's going to be able to do way more than he can do right now with it. And as a result, it's going to be better for us. Right? So here's, now, now look at me. If you have never functioned in the gifts of the Spirit, then you are still in an immature place when it comes to the, those manifestations of the Spirit. It doesn't matter how long you've been in church. It's not, you know what? God doesn't use us based on uh, seniority. There's a lot of people in the church because they've been ignorant of the things of the Spirit. They're a little bit behind the eight ball because they've been in church for a long time, but they've never become learned of the things of the Spirit. And because they've never become learned of the things of the Spirit, you're going... Uh, I'm saying this because some of us will, you'll hear me give this teaching and then you'll try to go have some kind of big revelation that we need to, uh, that we need to listen to and make changes in the church and the direction of the church and decisions of the church. And, or or you're, all of a sudden tomorrow some of you will say, man, J Pastor, it, it's working and you know, Lord told me I'm about to get up out of here and do some ministry. Well, no, you're not because... <laughs> Although the whole the manifestation of the spirit is for every man, you've got to grow in that in that working of the spirit. Are y'all hearing me today? And this is where a lot of Christians they, they, a lot of Christians get off. Um, here, here's the thing: if if you've not if you've not been out there, and if the Holy Spirit hasn't manifested Himself uh, through gifts of the Spirit and through different uh, manifestations of the Spirit in your life over a long period of time. And, and if you've not really uh, given yourself over to, uh, to instruction and correction to those who maybe have a greater understanding of the things of the Spirit, then you're, you're, you're going to have to go through that, that process that every one of us has to go through of training and, and working things out with, with God and working things out with the Spirit. And, and, and you need to avail yourself of people. And I'm not just talking about, you know, we have a lot of information available to us. But when it comes to the things of the Spirit, you really need people that you can, um, that you can not just people that you're watching in a, on a video, but people that you can sit across a table from, that you can talk to, and you can bounce some of these things that some of us are, are feeling like might be the Holy Spirit, that we can talk to others about those things. And not... Not just the people that are going to tell you what you want to hear, but people that are going to, uh, people that are going to challenge you. Amen. Yeah, I don't know why it is that we are we feel threatened when we're challenged. You know, if if what God is doing in you is really the Spirit, you shouldn't have any fear to share it with someone who's more mature than you are. Because if it's really God, it won't matter if they tell you you're flakier than a two crust pie. Amen. When I got born again, and uh, uh, I got born again uh, in the spring of 1983, and uh, I believe it was in the month of March, I think it was March 9th, 
1983, that I was born again. And I got born again, and about three weeks after I got born again, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now, when I got born again, of course, my life was transformed. I passed from death unto life. Uh, drugs, I, I was addicted. Uh, you know, I was a, I was a uh, substance abuser. I was uh, probably, I would, I would have classified myself as alcoholic. Um, I was a devil worshiper. I was bad news. And in a moment, I passed from death unto life. When I got born again in that Mennonite church, when I left that church, I left there a new creature in Christ. I did not want my old life anymore. Um, now, the only thing that stuck with me that it took me a while to overcome was my mouth. I, I, I would still had a temper, and I would still cuss really bad. And, but, thank God, it didn't take long. I'm not talking I had a year that I struggled with this. Uh, you know, a couple of months, and I was, I was delivered. Amen. <laughs> I was delivered. <laughs> But three weeks after I got born again, now I'd heard people speaking with tongues and the, the Mennonites, they would, they would pray in the spirit and I would hear them. And every now and again, Brother Wise would get up and he'd give a tongue uh, and an interpretation, which is part of the gifts of the spirit. And so when he would get up and, oh, Shelly, and then, I, I, I mean, it was power. I knew it was powerful, number one, because when anyone would talk in tongues when I was, when I was demon possessed, before I got saved, when they would talk in tongues, the demons on the inside of me would freak out. And would, uh, in the beginning, when I first, when my when grandmother first made me go to church, I wanted to get out of there, man. Uh, those demons were telling me, run. But, but when those people didn't understand what they were doing with their speaking with tongues, the devils, they, they, they kind of started to relax. They felt safe. And so they didn't tell me I was in danger no more because they're like, these people are clueless. And it wasn't until I got born again that those devils rose up and tried to, uh, you know, they tried to freak me out and keep me from going through with getting born again. So when, when I heard them speak with tongues, I knew there was power in whatever it was they were doing. I didn't understand it with my head. Amen. You know what? Some of you like, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. I just don't understand. I don't know if I can receive that. Listen, you don't understand why cookies are so good, but you eat them all the time. Amen. You don't understand. Some of y'all, I mean, if you really broke it down, some of you like biscuits. Oh, I love biscuits and gravy. You know what you like? You like flour and milk and flour and milk and shortening. I mean, that's all that is, you know. Uh, it's just in a different form. But we don't, we don't, there's lots of stuff that you don't understand. You get on roller coasters. You don't understand why you like it, but you do it, you know. Uh, you, you, you like going to the fair. You don't know why you like, but you do it. Amen. You don't understand why you're drawn to, you know, uh, tall, dark, and handsome men, Gaby. But you, you're not asking those questions. You're just like, Lord, bring my man. Amen. And she's like, I receive it. Amen. <laughs> Miss Rhonda, amen. We call in Dwayne Johnson in the name of Jesus. I don't think, he's not married, is he? Oh, well, forget it, Lord. <laughs> Bring his saved doppelganger in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but um, so when I when I got when I saw these people speaking in tongues, I knew it was I knew it was powerful. 
I knew there was something to it. When Brother Wise would give those tongues and then someone would come behind him and interpret those tongues and say, thus says the Lord, I was like, ooh. I, asked, I remember asking my pastor, now I didn't understand it, but I remember asking my pastor, I said, what, uh, my pastor's wife, Mrs. T, what is going on? What is that? She said, it's prophecy. I said, so what's happening? She said, well, Brother Wise is speaking a word in a tongue, in another language, and this person is interpreting what he's saying. I said, how did they learn the language? She said, you don't learn it. It's a river that comes out of you, that springs forth. It's, amen, amen. It's a hallelujah. It's, it's what Jesus talked about. Out of your belly shall flow rivers. Say, out of your belly shall flow rivers. So, so in Holy Ghost baptism, when the Spirit of God begins to manifest, that's when those rivers start to flow out of the inner. Amen. Amen. That's when those rivers start to flow out of the innermost part of your being. And so that river began to flow out of Brother Wise, and you know what it manifested as? A tongue. And then Sister Via Gomez, it, it ministered through her as an interpretation. She's interpreting what this guy is saying. Isn't that powerful? And so I, I was thinking, I, I need that. I want that. It wasn't even a need. I wanted it. I just want to do that. I just want to, I want to do that. I said, how do I get that? And thank God Mrs. T knew enough to tell me, well, you need to be baptized in the Spirit. So three weeks after I got born again, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, there was a river, amen. And that river flowed out of my belly and tongues began to come out of my mouth. I remember that night, I spoke with tongues as I left the church. I spoke in tongues all the way home. I spoke in tongues when I went to bed. I was speaking in tongues in my sleep because my grandmother came in, woke me up, told me to shut up. <laughs> I, when I woke up, I was praying in tongues. As I brushed my teeth, I was praying in tongues. I went to pray over my cereal, and it came out in tongues. I got on the bus praying in tongues. I think I spoke with tongues for a week nonstop. It seemed like I spoke in tongues for a week nonstop. I only stopped to talk to people in English every now and then. But, and it, did, and it didn't quit after that. I just kept, I just kept speaking with tongues. T tongues is a very powerful gift. It's, it's the initial evidence of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. So the first manifestation you receive of the Spirit is the evidence that He's there, which is speaking in an unknown tongue. Don't take that gift for granted and think that it's a minor gift because you received it as the initial evidence of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. There's power with praying in tongues. Oh, yeah. There's something powerful. Uh, you say, Pastor Zig, when can we pray in tongues? Here's, here's the question you ought to ask yourself. When should I not be praying in tongues? I mean, we, we ought to be praying in tongues regular because praying in tongues oh, yeah. gets us... When, when someone prays in tongues... Oh... Tyler, will you go in my, this is crazy, will you go in my office and grab a book off my desk? Uh, Jess will tell you the code. <laughs> she wrote it down. <laughs> it's going to be her baby's middle name so she never forgets. 
There's a, it's, it's, it's called seven steps. Tyler, seven, seven things everyone needs to know. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> man, I was looking at the books today, boy. Seven vital steps to receiving the Holy Ghost. Uh, Brother Hagin says, first, you got to help the person see God gave the gift. Second, he says, lead the, uh, lead the person to see that anyone who is saved is ready to receive the Holy Ghost. The third, he said, it's scripture to tell the person to expect to receive the Holy Spirit when hands are laid on them. Amen. Boy, that's right. Third, it's scriptural. To t- uh, I already said that. Fourth, <laughs> tell, the, <laughs> tell the person what to expect. Uh, people have every kind of idea imaginable of what will happen to them when they receive the baptism. Uh, tell them what to expect. Uh, tell the candidate that they're going to speak in an unknown tongue. He's going to speak in an You're going to speak in an unknown tongue. Amen. Amen. Uh, the Holy Spirit will act on his vocal cords, lips, tongue, and will put supernatural words on his lips. But the candidate must put the sound into action and speak out. The Holy Spirit gives utterance, but man does the speaking. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 4 tells it. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. So they were filled with the Holy Ghost, but they began to speak. Amen. You say, Pastor, why are you telling us this? Because this is, this is important to all the manifestations of the Spirit. See, some of us think that the Holy Ghost is just going to come on us and we're going to have all these crazy manifestations and we have no part to play. Well, in the same way you receive tongues at Holy Ghost baptism, that's the way all the manifestations of the Spirit work. It's you working with Him. Amen. 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 Some of you just wait for it to work. Well, it ain't going to work that way. If, if you're just going to wait around for it to work, it ain't going to work that way. Amen. Glory to God. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they began to speak, but the Spirit was the one giving them words to speak. But they had to speak it out. Amen. They is the subject of the sentence. They did the talking. The Spirit gave them the utterance. Acts chapter 10, verse 44 through 46 says this. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which had heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed uh, were astonished as, as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Amen. Acts 19 verse 6. And when Peter had laid hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Amen. Amen. So the first manifestation that all of us received 
was tongues. You know what? You ought to expect for that manifestation. Don't, don't sit around and wait for the Spirit of God to come and, and somehow or another you get in some... I don't, I don't know, y'all. I don't, I don't know what's gotten into uh, folks in this generation this time. Well, I'll tell you what it is. We're, we're ignorant concerning the things of the Spirit. And anyone who tries to tell us some things that help us out and help, and help us to become grounded so that we can become mature in the things of the Spirit, we think they're trying to stop us from achieving some high level of, of spirituality. Or we think somehow or another they're jealous of our anointing or our gift. You know how many people over the years I've had... I've had that I've tried to teach them the ways of the Spirit, teach them the things of God. And, and they look at me like, well, you know, I don't need any man to teach me. I'm like, well, if you don't need any man to teach you, why did Jesus put teachers in the church? The Spirit will teach you, but God put teachers in the church. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I, I loved what John Bevere said in the, um, Annie calls it the book, of, sometimes she'll say, yeah, we, when we read the book of Satan, I said, no, the bait of Satan. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's not the book of Satan. I said, <laughs> the bait of Satan. Pastor Andy, I'm <laughs> it's not the book of Satan. But I, I love what he said. You know, a lot of times uh, in the church, within the church, and it, it probably has happened within our church as well, but in churches pretty much uh, uh, probably all over the world. I mean, I'm, I'm up here doing, doing ministry, and I've been doing ministry, like I said, since from March the 9th, 1983, full-time, not half-time, full-time. I've been doing the work of the ministry uh, from a year after that time, March 9th, 1983, up until now. So from 1984 to, to 2021, I've been in full-time ministry. When I started out, I didn't know come here from Sikkim, but I, I didn't just start out no more, you understand? But what will happen many times is that people that are sitting in the, in, the, in the church, they're worried about me being a false prophet. Listen, you, who, what, who you have to worry about being a false prophet is the person sitting next to you. Someone who hasn't devoted their life to doing the word of God. Someone who hasn't devoted their time to, 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 uh, uh, to, to training and 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 becoming mature in the things of the Spirit. Are y'all hearing me? Because, because that's, you all understand that that's where most false prophets manifest is with, from within the pew. I've, I've run across very few people over the years that are in pulpit ministry, people that stand behind the pulpits that were false prophets. In fact, a very tiny, minute percentage of people that I have met over the years were false in any way. In fact, they, they, I'm not saying they were perfect, but um, for example, I can't think of I can't think of but one or two people. In fact, I can I can number on one hand the amount of people in 37 years that I have met in ministry that were trying to extort money from people in the church by selling fish hooks from Peter's tackle box, uh, communion sets from the Holy Land or something like that, that they knowingly, purposefully were trying to extort money from people in the church. That they were trying to take advantage of God's people. Are you, are you listening to me? Did you, did you hear what I said? There's less than, I, I, I can count on one hand how many people were willfully, knowingly trying to be deceptive in their financial practices in the church. Now, I knew people that were in ministry 
that, that didn't do right when it came to money, but not because they were, they were intentionally trying to do wrong to God's people, but because someone had trained them wrong. Someone had taught them to do something in a wrong way. They saw an example of something. They thought, well, that's the way that you make it financially. When it comes. And so they adopted methods that I, that I don't agree with and that I don't think are scriptural. But those people were not wrong with God. They were not out of sorts with you. say, wait a minute, Pastor Joyce. If they were doing something wrong, how could they be right with God? Well, you're doing stupid stuff. How are you right with God? What makes them any different than you? Amen. See, we, we want to go and we want to condemn them and exonerate ourselves. I'm just going to let that sink in for a minute. But then you'll have, you'll have someone sitting next to you in church you got a preacher whose heart is right before God, who loves the Lord with all of his heart, who's not doing everything right, but he's on the boulevard. He's following Jesus. You know you can follow Jesus and do stupid stuff and still follow Jesus? You know how I know that? Because we've been here for 10 years and we're all still following Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> When I walk in, y'all aren't y'all aren't going. How great thou art! We're still singing that to him, right? But many times, someone sitting next to us be like, "I wonder why he always talks about money." You know, if I have to hear about this again, I, you know, I just, for some reason, I just, it just, this doesn't sit right with me. I have a check in my spirit. And then, and right away, instead of us, instead of us giving the benefit of the doubt to someone, I'm going I'm to tell you something, after 30 something years of being in the ministry, if something really stupid was, if, if there was, if, if this something really stupid was going to happen with me, it would have probably already started to evidence itself. But you got someone who's, who works as another job, spends very little time in prayer, spends very little time in the Word, spends very little time devoting themselves to learn the ways of the Spirit. And when they can't put their finger on something, they have your attention. Well, what do you think it is? I just think there's a bad spirit in this church. I just think McKee has got a wrong. Come on, somebody. I, now I know. All of has anybody ever done that? I've done it. I've done it when I was when I was in the Mennonite church before I went into ministry. People people said stuff like that to me about my pastor. Oh, he 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 grieves the Holy Spirit. He don't leave any room for the Spirit of God to do. And you know what? In a way, they were right. But you, you, you know why pastor, my pastor didn't leave room a lot of times for the moving of the Spirit? It wasn't his intention to quench the Spirit. It wasn't his intention to grieve the Holy Spirit. He wanted God to do something in his life and in the lives of all of us. You know what his problem was? He was unlearned concerning the things of the Spirit. 
He didn't know enough to know to allow the Spirit of God to do some of the things that he wanted to do. Oh, yeah. Amen. And guess what? I didn't, have the, the, I didn't have the knowledge or the understanding or the wherewithal to be able to live. Now, I thought I did. I thought I did because I, I got a warm buzz and a numb tingle during worship. Because I spoke in tongues for three days after I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Surely that has to amount for something, you know. Boy, I'm, listen, I'm preaching. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about something that will help you if you'll be willing to receive it. The reason why most people don't become learned concerning the things of the Spirit is because they have this idea that God's just going to start them wherever. He's going to start them at the top. Listen, God may, God may use you to do something mighty along the way, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you're mature. Don't forget, God used a donkey to speak to a prophet. If God can use a donkey and manifest himself through a donkey, he can manifest himself through anyone. But just because God has used you a, a, a time or two to do something mighty or to do something great doesn't mean that you don't have to go through training, doesn't mean that you don't have to become more learned of the things of the Spirit. You know, I'm, I'm fully persuaded that many times when God moves in the lives of a lot of believers today and, and in the past, a lot of the reason why God moved for me in the early days in the way that he did was not because I was good at following the leading of the Spirit. It was because he had to rescue me because I put myself in precarious situations unknowingly and he was obligated to rescue me because he's a good God. Because oh, yeah. he's a merciful God. Because oh, yeah. he takes care of the baby. And when you're immature and you're a baby and you're about to stick your finger in a light socket, he will come and rescue you. Can I tell you a story? Um, Michael and I, Michael Salazar and I, we were, uh, he, was, he had to do a job in, uh, in uh, Florida. And I'm going to have to end with this. Uh, he, th has this helped anybody here yet today? Um, and, and I know for some of you, you're like, Pastor Zig, this is very fundamental. Mm -hmm. Amen. We're, we're, we're learning how to dribble properly again. The fundamentals. We're going to learn how to run down the court without tripping over our feet. Um, <laughs> anyway, we went to Florida because Michael had a job there, and I had, uh, it's when I still owned that Cirrus before Michael purchased it, and I offered to take him because there was a conference that I, you know, I, I wanted to go. I, well, I kind of wanted to go. I kind of didn't want to go. Um, but I was, I'm, I was hungry. I was thirsty. I really wanted the Lord to do something for me. And I, it was my hope that going to this conference, maybe I would connect with someone that we could bring here to Winter's Church. So we went to Florida. We flew down there. And Michael and I uh, flew down there. And we um, go to this job that he's doing. And, and I go with him during the day. And then that night, we're going to the conference. So... We, we go to the conference that night, and I've never been to this church, never been. I've been to this guy, one of these guys' meetings once, but it was the guy that I knew and then this other guy that I didn't know. And um, so I can't remember what the conference was, was. I don't know if there was a theme. I don't remember. But the worship was great. Puerto Rican, this Puerto Rican pastor and his whole family, gifted, man. I mean, they were, they were after it, man. It was awesome. And the Spirit of God was working in, in worship. And then uh, the guy that I know introduces the minister. Now, 
listen, again, when, when you hear me talk about these things, you, you guys have to understand, I'm not being, uh, I've, I've been in the same boat as, as this person was. That's, this is the reason why I know, because I've been in the same boat. So this fellow got up to minister, and he got up to preach, and um, when he got up to preach, the first thing he did was he introduced a Bible school that he had started. He started a Bible school where he wanted to train people up on how to do the work of uh, the ministry. And I, th I thought it was very interesting. Um, he hadn't been born again very long. In fact, I think he had been born again for less than five years. And he started a Bible school. Now, I'm not saying you can't go far in five years. Uh, I got my pilot's license in three months. You know, there's some things you, you can do quickly. But there's some things that you can't do until your brain has grown to a certain point and certain chemicals have been released in your body and you reach a maturity level where you're capable of understanding and capable of putting together thoughts and scenarios and ideas. Some people just physiologically in their bodies, uh, my son, my son is a very capable individual. He is not in a place right now where he's equipped to do the things of life. There's some things he's incapable of. And so he'll stumble around, make a lot of mistakes, because he's just not physically capable. He has not yet come to a place in his, you know, in his brain physically, in his, in his body physically, uh, emotionally. He's just not mature. That's not a bad word. Immaturity is not a bad word. Does this make sense to y'all? So, five years, you can do accomplish a lot in five years. Start a Bible school and train people up to do the work of the ministry in five years. Well, you're going to train them to do what you know how to do. Is Eli going to train someone to play basketball like Lewis is going to train someone to play basketball? No, he can do it. But they're only going to learn it Eli's way and to the capacity that he has. Now, you know, Lewis has a little more, a little more time, a little more learning. Mario, you know, little Mario could probably manage that grocery store. He probably wouldn't do it well. But you could put him in there to do it, but he's not going to do it like you. And even if you trained him, he's not going to do it like you, right? In fact, you got guys you've trained, and you're still having to pick up their mess. And you've told them the things that you know, that you're able to communicate. But there are some things that are not commu communicatable. Isn't that right? So there, there are limitations on how we're, how we're able to do this. So anyway, I need to hurry up here. So this guy, he starts talking about how he's going to help everybody. I'm going to train you all how to prophesy over people. He says, I'm going to train you. We're going to. He says, I'm going to give you an example. All of you can prophesy. Everyone can prophesy because the Bible says everyone can prophesy. Of course, you all have heard me talk about that, and it's, I'm not going to talk about it again. So anyway, so he says, I'm, I'm going to show you an example. And he, and he walks up to this lady, and he says, just give me something of yours and some personal item. And so I think she reached in her purse, and she gave him something, and he you know, fiddled around with it, and he prayed in tongues a bit. And, and then he began to you know, just talk, and you could tell he was just kind of waiting, waiting on the Spirit to take over. And 
You know what? When I was a baby Christian, that's exactly how I did things. I got out there and I did things and I was waiting for daddy to take over. My son, perfect example. He landed our airplane when he was eight years old for the first time. He was eight years old. He was sitting on a pile of cushions when he landed the Cirrus that Michael has. He landed that airplane and landed it like a champ. Landed it better than I landed it the first time. Made me mad. But he, he, he landed that thing on a hot summer day. Beautiful landing. Incredible. I was, I was shocked. Every time I gave him control of the airplane after that, he flew it like a champ. I mean, he really did. He flew it like a champ. But you know what? He wasn't a pilot. And so there were some scenarios and some things he wasn't prepared for. So now, fast forward, he's 14, 14 years old. We were 13 or 14. We fly, me and the whole family fly to Maine for my niece's wedding. Uh, we're in a new airplane, different airplane now, and, and uh, my dad wants to go flying with me and my brother-in-law, uh, uh, Tyler's father, Chad, wants to go flying. And so Gabriel wants to come, so we all get in the airplane and we take off to fly around a scenic Maine. You know, there at the, uh, uh, on the, on the uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, the coast, thank you. And so we're flying and uh, I was like, Gabriel, why don't you take control for a while and show these fellows how you can fly this airplane. And so he took control and he began to fly the airplane and, and I told him, you know, navigate back to the airport, we're going to land and he pointed us toward the airport for us to land and as we got closer to the airport I mean he was just a going you know and 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 uh, and uh, that day he wasn't doing so good the airplane was out of trim in fact it was trimmed way nose down and so he was having a hard time keeping the nose of the airplane up to where it needed to be so that he could make a good landing so unbeknownst to him he's concentrating on flying I give it some nose up, you know, trim, and all of a sudden it feels lighter for him. He's like, yeah, you know, it feels lighter. But then he starts to kind of, you know, oscillate, and we're getting close to the ground, and that's not when you want to be doing that. So, you know, I'm trying to, you know, help him out, and I'm, I'm talking to him, but all of my words aren't really helping him. So, because he's, he's so caught up in what he's doing, I, I just get a hold of the yoke, you know, where nobody can see, with two fingers, and I begin to manipulate the controls and try to help him out. Well, uh, we en he ends up making a landing. Actually, I made the landing. He didn't know it. But, you know, I'm, I'm pulling back. I'm the one who's putting the back pressure in. I'm manipulating the rudder pedals. Even though his feet are on the rudders, he can't tell that I'm working those pedals, and we make a nice landing. Well, when we landed, he threw his old shoulders back, put his nose up in the air, looked at me and said, Dad, that was better than any landing you did all the way here. And I was like, yes, sir, son, it sure was. I said, good job, buddy. You know, he think, he, in his mind, he thought he was a pilot. But guess what? He wasn't a pilot. I was the pilot. And he had no idea when he was in control and when I was in control. He had no idea when it was his input that did something or when it was my input that did something. What, when, you're, when you're immature and when you don't, you just assume, 
<laughs> Come on, somebody. And see, that, that's the way it was with this fella over in Florida. He's waiting on, he's, he's waiting on fa the Father God to come bail him out. And I reckon the Lord had bailed him out a lot because he'd probably gotten himself in some precarious situations that, that necessitated him being bailed out. You know how I know that? Because that's the way I functioned in ministry for a long time. You know, the, 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 the uh, thinner the limb I could get out on, the faster God would show up to rescue me. But you know, that's not how God wants us to do ministry. God, God doesn't want to show up because we're in trouble. God doesn't want to show up because we put ourselves in a place where we're about to, we're about to do ourselves harm in other people. God wants to show up because we've heard his voice and we've followed the leading of his spirit and we've become learned of the things of the spirit and we're going where he's telling us to go and we're doing what he's telling us to. Does this make sense to y'all? Amen. The church for a long time has just run around saying and doing lots of stuff, not really, not really growing, not really maturing, not really becoming learned of the things of the Spirit. Because it, be, it, it becomes, you know, it's, it's, well, think about it. If me and Hilda were talking about it in the back. Hilda said, you know, my gift is, there she is. She, said, she says, my gift is administration. She says, am I supposed to feel the Holy Spirit in all this administrating I'm doing? She says, because I'm working on the visitor's form and I don't feel an anointing. But she's gifted with administration. And the Spirit of God is in her administration. And God uh, helps her to accelerate and to be greater in administration than other people. You know how I know it? Because I've heard people testify of it. Not just people here at church, but people that whenever I went out and did the work of the ministry, that Hilda, and Hilda was involved in it, that they testified of the gift that she had. God's Spirit was in it. God's Spirit was in it, but she, when she sits and, and starts creating a visitor's card, it's not like she's like, yeah, she don't fall out every 10 minutes. <laughs> she doesn't get a giggleation every time she... <laughs> But you know, some of us, that's, that's, the, that's where we stay. We only stay in that place that, you know, it, it feels, I feel, you know, and ooh, you know, mm, I'm really seeing something right now. Well, you know what? Uh, I got an idea. Why don't you follow the Holy Ghost uh, and follow his leading to worship Jesus? You know, you don't always have to feel something. But this, this fellow here, He's trying to, boy, he's trying to, he's trying to get over there. And I thought, my God, we've got a baby Christian training babies. What in the world is that going to, imagine, Lewis, I mean, you've, you've coached basketball teams. Imagine putting one of those kids to coach a team. Imagine what that would look like. It's chaos. Well, that's what the church looks like today. Amen. So, uh, we got to become learned. That's what we're talking about today. We've got to become learned concerning the... We've got to grow and mature. The best way to do that is to attach yourself to a church. Attach yourself to people. Commit yourself to people that uh, you can... Listen, even... If, I shouldn't even say... 
even if you connect yourself with the church and with people that can help you, you still have to avail yourself of that help. And it's important, you know. Um, when, I was a, when I was a teenager, uh, I said things to my pastor I knew that I, I was going to be rebuked for. I knew they weren't going to agree with me. But again, because it, I knew it was the Lord and I was confident it was the Lord, um, I thought, well, you know, if it's God, it's going to happen. If it's not God, then it'll turn out the way they said. But I'm just going to keep trusting the Lord and I'm going to keep following Jesus and we'll see how it turns out. Amen. Some of it turned out the way they said and some of it turned out the way I felt like the Lord was telling me. But either way, it was turning out the Lord's way. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So before you go to listening to, you know, parking lot prophets and the yahoo sitting next to you that always has something negative to say. Um, amen. We need to develop a, 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 a trustworthy enough relationship with those that God has sent us uh, to uh, train under that they, that they can help us. You know, pre preachers aren't perfect. But like I said, I haven't met many. I've, I've met, in, in my whole time of being in the ministry, I can count on one hand how many false prophets I have met in ministry. On one hand, some of you are like, you haven't been anywhere. I've been, I've been like, I'm like Johnny Cash, I've been everywhere. I've been all kind of churches. See, so, see, some of you think a false prophet is someone who did what some of these yahoos did, uh, prophesying President Trump was going to be president for a second term, that it was going to happen in, you know, it was going to happen in December, then it was going to happen in January, then it was going to happen in April, and here we are in the following year, and I don't know what year they're talking about, but anyway, but they kept on and on and on, right? And, and I told y'all, I said, these, what they're saying is not right, but that doesn't make them false prophets. Listen to me. Because someone misses it doesn't make them a false prophet. Jesus defined what a false prophet was. A false prophet is someone who intentionally turns and twists the word of God for the purpose of turning people away from God. That's a New Testament false prophet. These people didn't have that in their hearts. Guess what? God will continue to use these people. It'll be more difficult for them to be heard by some because they got out there and said crazy stuff. But God will continue to use them as much as he can. So uh, we, we, want, we want to develop relationships with people, not perfect people. Sometimes you don't even want to develop a relationship with someone that will understand you. Because if they understand you, they may tell you what they think instead of what the Lord says. I wonder why it is we seek out people we think will, will understand us more. I need to shut up, don't I? Can I, do I, need, can I say one last thing? I'm going to say one last thing. Over the years, I've had so many homosexual people come and ask me for help. Ask me, can you pray for me? Can you help me? I've had, I've had people that came and traveled with me that were bound with the spirit of homosexuality. They sang on my, on my teams that I had. I had people that were singers. that I knew they were struggling with a homosexual lifestyle, but I felt like the best place for them was in the presence of God. They, they, weren't, they, weren't, 
They weren't trying to practice sin. They were trying to abstain. Just like I was trying to remain pure when I was a teenager from sexual impurity. That was hard to do. Was that hard for anybody else? Was, was it difficult for anybody else to stay away from sexual sin? Anybody? I know, see, I'm going to make it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. For some people, it's difficult. And so, thank God for success. Amen. But these people that kept coming, and finally, I, I finally, I, there was one that came to me and said, can you help me? And I, I was sincere. I said, listen, I'm going to tell you something. And I, I, hope, I hope this doesn't offend you in any way. I said, but I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand what you're going through. I said, there's, I said that I don't, I'm not attracted to men at all. At all. You know, sometimes Michael Salazar will say, that's a good looking guy. I don't see it. I don't, I don't look at, honestly, I mean, I'm, I think there's men that they're, you know, they're not like super ugly, but most of them, they're not, I'm not attracted at all. Men are not attractive to me, period. I can't imagine In my wildest imagination, honestly, it, it, I can't fathom it. And so, you know what I, I told this guy? I don't know why. I don't know why so many people that are bound with homosexuality keep coming to my ministry. I don't understand. Because I have, I have no idea what you're going through. I, 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 I try to empathize, and I can't. Because I can't, I can't even, I, I, I almost gag at the thought. And he, he said something to help me. He said, he said, well, it's, it's the anointing. It's the anointing. It's the manifestation of the Spirit. Amen. So, you know, sometimes God will send you to people that they'll look you square in your eyes and say, I don't understand where you're coming from. But that don't mean you go somewhere else for understanding. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Who knew this would be a spiritual authority thing? <laughs> Amen. Amen. But as you, as you grow and mature in the things of the Spirit, then God will entrust you with more and more. Amen. But if you never have opportunities, there are opportunities here at Winner's Church. You know what, if you, if, you have a, if you have a manifestation of the Spirit, say, say for example, one of you has a tongue and you feel like you need to give a tongue uh, to be interpreted. No one's going to stop you here. You find the right place and you give your tongue. And then you wait for someone to interpret. If someone don't interpret, then pray that God give you the interpretation. If you get a word of knowledge in this church, don't sit in your chair and be like, I think the Lord told me something. If you think the Lord told you something, get up and tell me. Let's figure it out. Let's, let's, let's find out. Let's get the ball rolling. Let's get you down the road and get you to learning how to be led by the Spirit and be obedient to the Holy Ghost and being used of God. Amen. If you think you've seen a demon on someone, come tell me. Let's find out if it's real. Let's poke the bear. Amen. That's how I find out. I skid, I skid it and poke it and poke it, poke at it and say, well, let's see. Amen. Uh-huh. 
we poke and poke and, and if their eyes roll in the back of their head and they start, you know, they start talking about, you know, being out drinking beers with Dave, then we'll, then we'll know, you know. But how are we going to know? Listen, you're not, you're not growing and maturing in the things of the Spirit by, not, by keeping it to yourself. By no ministry happening through you. If there's no giftings and no manifestation, no ministry happening through you, guess what? You're not growing. You're just imagining. You're just dreaming. The devil won't try to kill your dreams. Because dreams don't die in the dream stage. The devil only attacks it at implementation. And the devil will attack you in the beginning harder than he attacks you toward. It's easier, it's easier, it's easier to destroy an acorn than to kill an oak. Which is why you've got to push in the beginning hard. Amen. Any questions? <laughs> I, I preached myself happy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. Well, y'all are either hungry or you don't have any questions. Amen. of discerning of spirits so when you were in Springfield Ohio and that lady walked in the church I wasn't there in this service and she walked in and she said I'm going to shine the light on you and there was demon spirits manifesting through her well you come back and you showed me a picture of her that you had in your computer soon as I saw her on that picture I seen the demons I saw the ha the gray haze over her face I saw and I told you I said pastor you could see them demons in her now I could now I don't know if anybody I don't know because that gift of discerning of spirits works in me too and and over the years I've and like one time you told me remember pastor when you told me Ted all you ever see is devils and I said no remember the time you were praying in your house and I saw that big angel when you was in that rocker recliner, and I seen that that angel. And then over the years, you said that angel just touched me, and usually when that angel's here, miracles happen, and that and it did. And so, like not like in I can honestly say before the Lord that that gift of discerning of spirits works in me and through me. And it's not like you know. Remember when you said, "Oh, I didn't want that one," you know when when you were told that uh, by uh, your spiritual mother that you were going to, that gift was going to work through you, and you said, oh, no, I was wanting something else. Yeah, I thought I got the cheap gift. <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's not, but it's like, 
you know, when we were in Springfield that time and you said, this week we're going to kick that devil of poverty out of here. And that demon spirit, the Lord started showing him to me and I saw this spirit up above the ceiling. Well, not everyone, what I guess the question I have for you, Pastor, is that that's one of the things, because you told me when I asked you, I said, Pastor, all these things that's happening in and through your life, should those things be manifesting through me too? And you said, yes. And then remember when you prayed for me? You put your hands on me and prayed for me? And the very next day after you told me yes is when I went to General Motors and the Spirit of God was flowing out of my arm like a fountain. And I walked up to that guy and said, have you ever felt God? And his eyes gets real big. He said, no, you're not God. You, get, you go down there and pray for him because he don't believe in God. And I, then I went down there, put my hand out, I said, you ever felt God? And the guy grabbed my hand. The power of God hit him. His eyes get real big. He took off running. Then he comes running back at me and says, don't you ever do that again. I just <laughs> obeyed the Holy Ghost and did what, you know, and, and that was from my spiritual dad, you, encouraging me and praying for me, and then the Lord manifested himself through me. But, but it's not like that I, over the years, when we're in church, it's not like I'm sitting there, like I didn't get up to this morning and said, Lord, I want you to show me, I want you to operate that gift of discerning of spirits in and through my life. I want you to do that. I didn't pray that that day, but God does it. And the Holy Ghost in those offices and different things that happen in you, Pastor, it's happened in and through my life over the years. And I, and I, and I just give God the glory that you've taught me and showed me those things that I didn't know what in the world was going on. I just started seeing things. But I, it's not like it's not like everybody has that. Not everybody has the gift of discerning of spirits. Just like you told me, not everybody has the different gifts because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance, but the Holy Spirit uses you in those gifts. Just like when you said, when you stepped out, Pastor, Oh, when I first started traveling with you, I never seen anything like what God did through you which, when you were pointing at people and telling them their names or when you were pointing at people and telling them what was wrong with them. I was Baptist. I never seen anything like that in my life. But then the, the Lord started with me hanging around you all these years. The Lord started manifesting those things in and through my life too because it was rubbing off in those gifts that gift of discerning of spirits uh, was operating, like you said. Yes, Ted. But you know, but you know where it started. It started with tongues. Started with tongues. Started with you know that initial evidence. Of I praying in, in tongues, tongues and prayed yeah. in tongues and prayed in tongues. And yep. And kept praying in tongues and continue to pray in tongues today. Yes. Um, it's a fundamental, but that, and that's what I was trying to get across to y'all today. You don't, you don't start off. Getting somebody's name. I mean, sometimes we're looking for that huge, you know, kind of manifestation. But sometimes the Spirit of God's just trying to get us to pray in tongues. Sometimes He's just trying to get us to engage in fellowship with Him so that we can learn the ways of the Spirit. So, um, but you got to start somewhere. Amen. And, and if, 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 the manifestations of the Spirit haven't been something regular that has taken place in your walk with God or in your life, then you've got to, 
you've got to begin to pray and ask the Lord to do these things with you. I want, I want that to be the subject of your prayer for the next, you know, as we go into revival. Lord, use me, because I'm going to call on y'all, you know. Uh, Ayla, let God use you. Gaby, let God use you. You know, uh, Cynthia, let the Lord use you. Mario, let God use you. Amen. Amen. Rachel, let him use you. Uh, everybody, we've got to be willing to let the Lord use us. And this is a place where there ought to be freedom for us to be used of the Lord. And don't be afraid. Listen, you're going to, there, there'll be correction brought, but it's not going to be in, with malice. And it's not going to be where you're going to get your feelings hurt. Any correction that's brought, is go, it's going to be joyful. Listen, I've learned how to, I've learned how to, believe me, I've been corrected in a lot of wrong ways. I've learned how to do it real nice. I have. I've learned how to do it real nice. You might not even know it's happening. <laughs> That's how nice it is. But the Lord, the Lord will help us. Because I believe many of you have had it in your heart to be used of the Lord. But most of you, you've never stepped out. I've, I've never seen you step out. I've never seen you step out and see. I've never seen the Holy Ghost. If, any, if there's any place I ought to see the manifestation of the Spirit happen in your life, it ought to be here in this church. It ought to be here as we do the work in this church. So, but I, I expect to begin to see it. Yeah, Don. I have a quick testimony. You, you said, I think, that the, word, that the word you got about this year was that it's going to be a year of divine appointments. Is that, is that correct? I yes. Think, I think I heard that. Yeah, well, uh, the other day, uh, we got our keys locked in the truck. And uh, uh, I, uh, we ended up... <laughs> Yes, and, and so we called the, the uh, locksmith guy to come out and pry the door open and, and so forth. And, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of uh, just talking to him and, and, uh, and bantering with him a little bit. And I just didn't... You, you, you bragged on me the other day and said, uh, hang out with Don and he'll embarrass you in restaurants and so forth <laughs> like that. And that's not, that hasn't been true uh, very much. I've done it a few times, and, but but in any case, uh, well, if, 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 if I if I'm if I'm gonna gonna have the, the the billing, I ought to live up to the act, you know. So, anyway, well, as we were as we were uh, as he was getting ready to leave, he said, uh, "Well, have a blessed day." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, he's he's, he's a brother in the Lord." And I, and I said, "Well, nothing ventured, nothing gained." And I said, "Well, you probably know the answer to this, but." If you were to die tonight or whenever you die, do you know where you'll go? No, I don't. And I said, well, you can. Uh, it says in the book of Romans that uh, whosoever uh, calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yeah. Including all, all the churches leading up to that. And, right. And, uh, and I said, it doesn't, doesn't say might be saved if you do more good works than bad or, or go to the right church or pray the right prayer. It says shall be saved. You know for sure. And I prayed for you. And so we're letting him know. Right there. And, then he, and I said, well, do you have a church? And he says, well, I go to the Baptist church down in Little Axe. But no one ever told me Come uh, on, about Jesus. salvation. And he, he asked, can I give you a hug? And he gave me a big old That's hug. That's awesome. So, anyway, the Lord. Uh, don't assume somebody knows the Lord. That's right. They say, have a blessed That's day. That's right. Go ahead and uh, jump out there. Or they go to church. Yeah. Listen, folks, more and more nowadays, and I'm telling you, man, people have a form of religion. They don't know Jesus. And many people that say they're spirit-filled or Holy Ghost baptized, they're not really Holy Ghost baptized. And so the work that's ahead of us, it's a big work. But we're going to see 
the glory of God manifested in ways we've never seen before. I'm, I'm pumped up about it. So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you've uh, done in here today. And we pray that your spirit